In this week's episode, we're going to talk about PWG and the Santino Bros event. Let's get to it. It's a chest nasty. Point of view. 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 Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Chaz-tastic View, presented to you by Verbal Wrestling, where we use our verbal skills to talk about wrestling. I am your host, Charles, a.k.a. Mr. Chaz-tastic, and I'm here once again to give you another episode to talk about my favorite subject, which is wrestling, in particular, the Southern California indie wrestling scene. And like you, I mentioned in the intro of this podcast... I was able to attend two independent wrestling shows this past weekend, like I usually do. One was PWG, and I enjoyed it a lot. The other one was Santino Bros, another one that I enjoyed. Um, Let me, without any further delay, let me just get to it. So, the first one I attended was PWG. And I love PWG, but I kind of also have this hate, love-hate relationship with PWG. And... I love being there. I love the matches. I love the energy of the crowd. I enjoy it a lot. It's the only venue or the only promotion that I can think of that's in Southern California that actually gets a lot of their wrestlers from across the U.S., international, a.k.a. London or England with Zack Sabre Jr. being the champion. Um, you'll also get people coming from Japan, people from Canada, people that are really big on the independent wrestling scene. And there isn't any other promotion in Southern California that actually stacks their card with so many wrestlers. And some people think it's good. Some people think it's bad. They think they should actually at least showcase some of Southern California wrestlers. And I don't know what... I don't know about that part of booking because I'm just a fan. I just watch wrestling. But what I do love about it is because I am a fan, because I love wrestling, I don't hate the book where they get a lot of wrestlers from all over the U.S. as well as abroad. The reason why is because you we, we see these names, we hear them, uh, we hear about them. They're like in TNA, they are in Evolve, they're Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro. And so I know myself, I ain't going to have the time, neither the money just to go travel to all these various places to actually watch a lot of their matches. But here in Southern California, you can go to a PWG event and watch those people who are big on the indie scene wrestle in our backyard in the LA area, in particular, Reseda. And so that's what I love about PWG. Now, my hate relationship with PWG is I, I, this is the first PWG match I was able to attend this whole year. And primarily, one, they didn't run that many events. Two, I always forgot to set my alarm clock or to be around a computer when the event or when the tickets were were on sale. So if you don't know, PWG, they're not selling tickets at the door anymore. In order to attend the event, you have to buy your tickets online. Now, to buy your tickets online, you got to have that. You got to be purchasing that ticket within that two-minute window, two, three, up to five-minute window, I would say at the most. If you come after five minutes, I doubt that you're going to get a ticket. So I was happy that I was able to to get a ticket, but it's kind of like, 
I just have to be on the ball. It's not like other venues or other events that I don't have to buy them online. I can, I can just show up at the event and still attend. But, you know, it's PWG. You kind of go through that effort just to kind of watch their show. Um, the other thing I just didn't like about PWG is that I got general admission tickets. And so you still have to line up. And because there's a packed house, they always sell out. In order to get really good seats, you kind of have to like come early. So last Friday, that's when they held their event, December 16th. I had to get off work a little bit early, which I don't mind getting off work a little bit early. <laughs> and I drove over there, arrived there about 530 and was able to like be in line. I was like halfway throughout the entirety of what the complete line was. And I was there at 530. They didn't let people in till around 8, 815. And so I'm standing there for, I would say, almost three hours just waiting for just to wait to finally get in. And that shows how much you love a venue or love an event that you go to places like or you do all that just to kind of watch it. But sometimes it's it's it was it's it sucks because waiting in line that long, it's cold, especially last Friday it was cold. And I'm typical Southern California guy. I like warm weather. I like I suck driving in the rain. I hate it when it's cold. Give me something that's good warm weather. But yet it was cold. I'm waiting in line and it started like around nine o'clock was when the first match started. It didn't finish till about one thirty and or twelve thirty. And it's just and also when oh, the other thing is like when you go into the event, it's packed. So therefore, you could only get up and use the bathroom during the intermission because it's hard to just maneuver around. But even when it's intermission, there's just so many people. The wrestlers are selling their merch on the ring. So I don't hate on that. It's just sometimes it just creates a huge traffic jam of just trying to walk around the area. And so that's what I hate about going to a PWG event. So I like the wrestling. I hate the things that are involved as far as trying to get the ticket in such a small amount of time, lining up so early, being so crowded or packed in that uh, American Legion Hall. Um, yeah, that's just kind of my love-hate relationship. That's just me griping. I will go to a PWG event. I will continue to support them because it's just different. I like it. I like it a lot. And I just really enjoy the card that they put together. But that's me just ranting about PWG. Let's go into some of the matches. I will not break down the specifics of a lot of the stuff happening. I'm happening in the match itself. If you want to read more details about the event, Steve from SoCalUncensored.com has a review, a breakdown review of what happened at that event. For me, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you my personal reaction but not really break anything totally down. Um, so let's get to it. Uh, the first match started with Trent Beretta versus Candice LeRae. Trent beats Candice, but this was an intergender match. There was chance of Can to Candice saying, welcome back, welcome back. And I know Candice LeRae, she's been around. She's actually been wrestling for a while, and PWG was one of the places that she wrestled a lot. She always does a lot of intergender matches because, let's face the fact, there isn't as many 
promotions that have females on their card that put female matches together. But she's been around for a while and she's actually been gone, I think, from Southern California wrestling in other places, only to return back at PWG and the PWG fans loved it. Uh, They had a great match, a lot of great moves. Trent over Candice liked it. Next match was Trevor Lee, who's from TNA, versus ACH. ACH, uh, I know that he's been around. I don't recall seeing him in the past, only because this whole past year, I I couldn't get a ticket. (laughs) They had a good match, a lot of high-flying stunts. Um, Enjoyed it. Trevor Lee wins. Next was Matt Seidel versus Pete Dunn. I enjoyed this match. And it was cool to see Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel's one of the staples as well in PWG. And this is his first match back from Japan as far as him getting in trouble in Japan. Now, if you don't know the little things around it, he just got caught with some um, uh, marijuana oil that they use in vapes. And so they actually rejected his visa and he got sent back to the U.S. And so this was his first match. He... He fought Pete Dunne, and Pete Dunne, I don't know too much about him, but I do know that he is a part of the WWE's UK uh, UK Championship Tournament that they're holding. So it was cool to experience him wrestling in Southern California. Matt Seidel wins in that match. The next one was Reed Dragon or Red Dragon. It's, it's Kylie, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus Death by Elbow which is Chris Hero and JT Dunn. They had a great match as well. Um, There's a lot of great storytelling, a lot of great strikes, hits. Um, There's not really much I can really describe. You kind of have to know Kyle O'Reilly and Chris Hero because those are the two two ones I am very familiar with to really know just basically how hard-hitting they could actually really be and how much it's really technical as well as hard-hitting, strong style, I like the match. What I loved the best about it, though, was that this might be Chris Hero's last match for a while because there is rumors that he is supposed to go to the WWE. He didn't acknowledge that, but he doesn't know exactly what the future holds regarding his future in wrestling and PWG. He couldn't say that this was his last match. He couldn't say it was or was not, I should say. Um, It's one of those things where he had his tryout. I think they liked him. They, I'm assuming, I think he mentioned something about his paperwork and medical and everything has gone through the WWE. And according to a lot of podcasts, it is when people do get signed from the indie scenes or just signed, it's never just like one day. There's still a process before you can actually physically be in the roster in NXT or whatever they do. For NXT, So it looks like he's still within that uh, getting everything ironed out phase. And he wasn't sure whether this was his last match because there has been precedence. Whereas someone was supposed to get signed and at the very last minute it fell through. And that was Willie Mack. Willie Mack mentions that in other podcasts that he everything was supposed to go through. But at the very last moment. They decided not to pick up Willie Mack and proceed with him being a WWE superstar. So he doesn't know if that's going to happen. If Chris Hero doesn't know if that's going to happen. So it's all up in the air. But if this was his last match in PWG for a while, 
then I was happy that I was able to watch that match. The winners of that match was actually Reed Dragon, uh, or Red Dragon, Kyla O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. After that, we had Chuck Taylor versus Adam Cole, and this was a number one's contenders match for the the PWG Championship, Heavyweight Championship, uh, World Championship. I, I don't even know how they even mention it. World Heavyweight? <laughs> well, their main title, PWG uh, World Championship, uh, is held by Zack Sabre Jr. And to find out who is the number one contender, they had a number one contenders match, Chuck Taylor versus Adam Cole. Another fun match to watch. Chuck Taylor wins. Uh, next was a tag team match. It was the Young Bucks versus Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobbs. I seen Matt Riddle, Riddle uh, wrestle in Southern California one other time. And, you know, he's good. He's a bro. He's like, bro. It's like, bro. So everything, all his moves are like in, it has like a bro theme to it. He's a good wrestler. Uh, I think he was formerly an MMA fighter. If he still not does MMA, but he's big. He's up and coming is what I will say. Jeff Cobbs, we know that he is Matanza in Lucha Underground. He's big on the independent wrestling scene. Those two fought the Young Bucks and the Young Bucks is the Young Bucks. So there's no need to describe the Young Bucks. If you don't, excuse me, if uh, I had a little burp there. If you don't know the Young Bucks, YouTube it and you'll see the Young Bucks. So they both had a great match. Um, Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb actually wins that match. So it was non-title because the Young Bucks are the PWG Tag Team Champions. It was non-title, so we can expect at the next event, they're going to try to get a title match and see if Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobbs can defeat the Young Bucks a second time, but that time, for with that time being for the championship title. We'll see what happens. Then the last match was Zack Sabre Jr. and Marty Scroll, and it was a really good match. I appreciate a lot of scientific catch-as-catch-can, very submission hold, grapples, counter holds. I love that type of wrestling. And it's not the type of wrestling that I, I'm there and always yelling. It's not like a Young Bucks where it's flips, kicks, craziness, high acrobatics. I love that as well. But when you see someone that's a, that's that's like really strategic when they wrestle and how they're able to move around holds and submissions, it's just awesome just seeing how they're able to just move around. That's why that one guy, um, Jack Gallagher in WWE is actually one of my favorite wrestlers. And it's, he's one of my favorites because he has a style that is very different. I like a lot of WWE wrestlers. I mean, a lot of them I could really say it's my famous or my favorite, I should say. But for Zack Sabre Jr. and Marty Scroll to do their match, uh, I liked it. Liked it a lot. Zack Sabre Jr. retains the PWG World Championship belt. So that was the breakdown of PWG. Um, overall, I thought it was a good event. But I did. I have seen better PWG events. It wasn't that anything of it was bad, except waiting in line and it being cold and not being able to go to the bathroom as freely as you can. But, you know, that's that's something totally different. But except for the rest. The, but when you think about the wrestling itse itself, I enjoyed it. It's just I've seen other PWG events that really blew my mind. Now, I don't know if just they've set the bar so high 
that I just expect more and more and more. I don't know if that's the reason why I wasn't as overwhelmed with the, with this, with this event, but it was still a good event and watching it on DVD, go ahead and support uh, PWG through highspots.com. They do have digital downloads and DVDs, I think for sale, but it's at highspots.com. Uh, go ahead and support them. If you really want a more descriptive breakdown of that event, go check out Steve's article at SoCalUncensored.com. There will be a link in the description so that you could actually go to that website and check out his review on that event. So that was my Friday. On Saturday, I attended the Santino Bros How the Butcher Stole Christmas. And it was a pretty good event. That event... How, what would I want to say about it? I liked the event... I hated that it was cold. Now, if you've never gone to a Santina Bros wrestling event, they hold it in their like training center that's actually a converted like warehouse garage type venue. And because it's a warehouse slash garage type venue, the door or the 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 the, the door the that they have the that goes up and down. It was open, and therefore, though it wasn't windy, that cold air was creeping in. Everybody was cold, but we were enduring that cold to watch some really good wrestling. I really applaud the <laughs> the, the, the the bravery of these men and women. Heather Monroe was the only female wrestling on that night. But those men and that woman to wrestle in, like, basically underwear, because face it, wrestlers kind of wrestle in underwear. There's a couple of them that had like full body covering, you know, but they wrestled in like their tights and it was cold. It was like 40. I, I can't, if my memory serves me correctly, it was around like 46 degrees at night in South in, in Bell Gardens. So to be in that weather, to wrestle in the cold, kudos Kudos, Santino Bros wrestlers who were at that event. But I like it. I liked it. I do. Oh, I always enjoy Santino Bros wrestling events, though a lot of them are basically their trainees and trainers. Um, with every now and then, you'll get one or two people that aren't fully affiliated with their uh, promotion. But they put on a good show, and I do enjoy it a lot. Let's go down to the card. Uh, this one I, for Santino Bros, I actually have a lot of clips on my Twitter. So go to my Twitter if you want to see some of the some clips of these events. My Twitter handle is at Verbal Wrestling. That's where I post a lot of my Twitters, my tweets. It's at Verbal Wrestling. And so let's now go to the matches. The first match was Eli Everfly versus Mano Roja and Senor Valiente. Now I think Senor Valiente was actually Robbie Phoenix, one of the trainers there at Santino Bros. I think it was advertised uh, weeks in advance that Robbie Phoenix was supposed to wrestle Douglas James, but apparently Doug Douglas James must be hurt. Uh, and I say that because I saw him just hanging out in the back supporting the event, but he wasn't in wrestling gear. So I guess to throw, uh, give Robbie Phoenix an opportunity, uh, just get him on the card, they put a mask on him, and he was Señor Valiente. And then there was Manoroha. Don't know who he is, but Eli Everfly. We know what he who he is, what he does, 
amazing, mind blown. I like when Eli Everfly wrestles because when he wrestles, it's just amazing. All the acrobatic stunts that he does in a wrestling match. He was the winner over Bano Roja and Senor Valiente. Like the ma- I liked the match. Next was a match with a, a debut match of two of the students, Lucas Riley versus Alonzo Alvarez. Uh, Alonzo Alvarez came out with this King of Wrestling, uh, I think, kind of gimmick where he's based off what he the moves in the beginning. He actually looks like he does real like Olympic style ro- uh, Roman wrestling, Olympic wrestling. A lot of takes downs. Uh, Lucas Riley um, looked like he was doing he was trained in the Santino style. And I would say that as far as I, his movesets look very similar to Eli Everfly to me. To me, it looked like a lot of... So you could see he was trained there. But with that aside, I thought they had a great match. I loved the finish. They just did this great finish. Lucas Riley did this great finish on Alonzo Alvarez and was kind of like... Basically, when they landed, he pops up kind of like dazed and falls on Alonzo Alvarez. One, two, three. Lucas Riley wins. That was a fun match. I mean, they had... I. Good debut match for those two guys. After that, we had a tag team match. It was True Grit, who compri- which comprises of Hoss Hogg and Jesse James versus Guy Cool and Kodo Hero. Now, I don't know too much about Jesse James. I don't know if he's one uh, someone that came outside of L.A. and started wrestling just in this area and, is, and trains at Santino Bros. Or if he was just a pure... Santino bro graduate and was there. So I don't know too much about his background. Um, Hoss Hogg has been around for a while. Guy Cool has been around for a while. Kodo Hero has been surprisingly. I've been seeing Russell a lot more, a lot more frequently, but they had a pretty good match. Basically Hoss Hogg and Jesse James known as true grit. They're both big, huge guys with cowboy kind of themes and it's a guy cool and Koto Hero. Guy cool is just about the fun. Koto Hero's small, <laughs> small guy with a mask. Uh, they those two guys got dominated by True Grit. A lot of pretty cool spots. Um, one cool spot is that Jesse James had Guy Cool on the ropes, and he was yelling at the audience to move. But apparently, it was cold. We really didn't want to move, <laughs> so he hits the opposite side of the rope. Lands on uh, Guy Cool sliding through the rope and la- and Jesse James landing on the floor, and the audience moved by then. But as everybody like was like ooh ah oh, seeing that move that landing that hit James- Jesse James landing on Guy Cool sliding down to the floor, uh, he goes I told you to move. Um, I thought that was funny because you kept that character all the way through, and everybody was like what oh man but i don't know it may not it may not be quite you may not quite get it but i do have that clip on my twitter at verbal wrestling check that out uh true grit true grit wins next match was intergender match it was heather monroe versus darwin finch of the study buddies uh good match fun match um because (laughs) the things with like intergender matches we always the the guy always has to be conflicted about how hard to hit the woman and darwin finch did that very well and he's a study buddy he's 
a nerd. So he kind of has that very, basically the character has very hesitations on being aggressive with Heather Monroe. The funny thing about that was prior to all that, because it was cold, we, for some reason, I forgot how we got there, but before the match started, Heather Monroe comes out with this nice fur jacket, black and white. And all of a sudden, uh, Darwin Finch makes like a comment and then the whole audience, we all started singing sweater, sweater, sweater. And then Heather Monroe says, hey, wait, wait, wait. it's not a sweater, it's a coat. So we're like, coat, 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 coat. And so we, and so the announcer says, well, you know, we're because, you know, the coat was popular. They're going to make the match. A The winner takes the coat. So that was fun and funny where the audience can be silly and they incorporate it to the way the match goes. So they had a good match. Heather Monroe continues to impress me. She seems from my mind's eye and seeing her wrestle throughout this year. It seems I I could see improvements from when I initially saw her wrestle, I guess, earlier this year, the the small times, the few times I would say I've seen her wrestle. Um, I think she's doing great. Uh, as a female wrestler, there's a lot of great female wrestlers out there and she's getting more comfortable in her character. She knows who that character is. She knows how to be sassy, how to be crazy, uh, how to be aggressive. She knows how to take a bump. So she did a good job. She, she beats Darwin Finch and I don't know what else to say. Let me move on. Next was, was Labyrintho versus Zoker or Zokre, uh, for the Santina Bros submission title. I c- like this match. This was like what I was mentioning earlier about PWG, where because it was a, a submission match, they really worked on moves and counter moves, trying to get those holds in there and just getting out of those holds. What I love about that match is, is that it, usually when you think about submission matches, usually it's about doing a fight 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 and then going for your submission hold but yet this one was more like you saw a reg- you saw a regular catches catch hand style of wrestling where they kind of were, were moving around trying to get the submission trying to get the hold getting out of it getting back up and kind of saying hey okay let's get back to this boom going into it it wasn't all about strikes it wasn't about hits there were a couple of uh hardcore from pretty good flips and wrestling moves but it had a great balance and mixture for me that i really did enjoy this enjoy this match a labyrintho wins over zokre after that we had brody king versus jake atlas uh this was this one had a storyline had a backstory to it because brody king in the last event in the last Santino's event, Violence and Chaos, if I'm not mistaken, he actually wrestled Douglas James and defeated him. And then he all of a sudden became in cahoots with Tyler Bateman and Ruby Rays. And now they're now he's like a heel. So Jake was there and telling him, dude, we got, I mean, this ain't you. We started together. This ain't you. And Brody still being the heel character. They fought. Jake had some pretty good offenses here and there. But Brody King dominated over Jake Atlas. Brody King wins. After that, there was Tyler Bateman versus B-Boy for the Santino Bros Championship title. Um, this one was really strong style. 
and it was kind of amazing. I like when you're able to hit a person and it's not the the power of the hit or how hard you slap your thigh or have the other guy slap the thigh that gives you that that reaction of a strong hit because it's wrestling. I mean, we know the I, we could see the little tricks of the trades that they do when they do a lot of strong style, but some of them seemed like had pretty solid contact, but not to hurt, but to actually just make uh, create a solid contact. They had an amazing match. And what I wanted to say was they have strong hits on each other. So it's not only the power of the hit that was awesome. It was the way they sold the hit because they were kind of like evenly matched whenever they were fighting and it was too strong. They would have to kind of like take that little step back and say, Whoa, hold on my head. I don't know if my head could take this. And it was one of those things that if you watch a cartoon and then you see like the say Tom and Jerry, and then you would see like Tom Jerry hitting Tom, the cat, in the head and then you see like birds fly you kind of would see that i mean you'd see like either tyler bateman or b-boy when one would hit re- the other guy really hard and their kind of reaction it was like you could kind of see the birds fly around her head and i thought that was cool and that was amazing very hard hitting very strong strong style very good strong style type of match um i enjoyed it it's it's just a different variety of wrestling and that's what I love with usually a lot of stuff that they do at Santina Bros. It's not just pure, just Lucha style. It's not strong style. It's not pure um, high flying. It's not pure catches, catch can. It's not pure just comedy wrestling. It's a little bit of a mixture. It gives it gives their the the people who wrestle there, and I know that a lot of them are trained, are either trained, are training, or are trainers over there. But there's just a great mix, and that's what makes. A great event for me is that I see a variety in the matches. So that was a good match. Enjoyed it a lot. I wish it was not cold on that day. I think if it was warm, I think I would have enjoyed myself even more. But it was cold. Uh, and if you want to see the quick results, that's also on SoCalUncensored.com. The quick results are also over there. And those are the two wrestling events that I was able to attend this past weekend. And it was fun. It was actually like the last major, last weekend with a lot of major events because we're close to the holidays. Everybody are uh, are having their little celebrations. It looks like a lot of promotions try to complete their year of doing events on la- last weekend so that this coming weekend, which is Christmas weekend, and the following weekend, which is New Year's Eve or New Year's weekend, that they could just sit back, relax, and enjoy time with their family and friends. So this was actually like the last big day of holding promotions. But for this week, there is a wrestling promotion that, based off SoCalUncensored.com's event calendar, there is a wrestling match happening on Sunday, December 25th. We see that MWF, which I think stands for Mexican Wrestling Federation, MWF Lucha Libre, will be holding their event in East LA's Boys and Girls Club on December 25th at 5.30 p.m. So if you want to watch some Lucha Libre wrestling on Sunday, 
that will be the only wrestling match happening in Southern California. Um, go check out SoCalUncensored.com event calendar just to kind of get more details on that event if you choose to go check them out. Now, that's pretty much all I have for this week. Knowing that this coming weekend, there isn't much happening. I will still hold another Chastastic view, but I think I'm going to talk about 2017. with Or 2016, the things that I've learned, the things that I enjoyed, some of the good matches, some of the things that really caught my attention. Southern California independent wrestling, things I like. I'll go break down a lot of the stuff that I was able to attend. I'm working on clipping some videos of this past year and trying to put them into a montage. I wanted to do a, a botcha mania. And I started looking through some of my videos and it's hard for me to find really good footage of good botches. <laughs> but if I'm able to find a lot of botches, I'm going to do my own botcha mania video on my YouTube channel at, which is verbal wrestling. So if you don't know that, Verbal Wrestling has a YouTube channel. We do. Just type in Verbal Wrestling and it should show up. I have a couple of videos there. I will be doing more videos during or this coming year of 2017. But I will be doing my Chastastic view again next week. Within maybe next week or the week following, I will have some type of video coming up. Either a recap or a botcha mania. And so look out for that because in 2017, I plan to actually add the video part, which I really enjoy doing the video part to this whole verbal wrestling brand. So not only will there be a podcast that you can listen to in the car, that if you actually watch, uh, go YouTube a lot, you could actually see some of the clips of the events that I attend. I'm also going to do more recaps with video clips, uh, cut in throughout the video and maybe some other stuff. I just, I'm still kind of conceptualizing various type of videos I can put together so that I could just share my enjoyment of wrestling here in Southern California. And that's about it. January and February has a lot of great wrestling matches coming happening that month. I'll break it down maybe this week, if not this weekend or next week, not the if not the Christmas weekend. When I release this, maybe the New Year's weekend, I'll break down January and February because I do want to do a recap for this year, but I do want to be able to make sure that all of my five listeners, thank you, five listeners, are able to uh, just know what's happening in Southern California because wrestling is fun. It's the best bang for your dollar. To go to an event for $20 is like going to a movie and getting something to eat at McDonald's. That's $20. Even if it's like $15, just think another $5 and you got a wrestling event that you could just enjoy. Wrestling events are cheaper than going to the theater. It's cheaper than going to a basketball game. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's theatrics. It's yeah, athleticism. It's storytelling. That's what I love about wrestling. And I want to share this with all people on the internet so that they can all see that Southern California has a lot of fun, has a pretty good and lively wrestling scene with the hopes that maybe some of these wrestlers can one day make it to the WWE. And I would have the great pleasure of knowing that they, that I've seen them live before they got to that level, as well as 
hopefully draw people to come from the East Coast to check out to be a part of events in the West Coast because we do have a great fan base. But we always want to expand that fan base because when a promotion is pretty much packed and the crowd is hot, that's fun because you get to see the wrestlers work harder. And when the wrestlers work harder and when they're doing great stuff, the fans get hot. And when we're hot and the wrestlers are working really hard, it just makes it's like it just makes the event so memorable. And but it all has to start with us as fans trying to support them. It also well, that's what I'm trying to do is just trying to get fans to support wrestling in Southern California. And that's about it. <laughs> kind of rambled on the last minute or two. I was trying to get my thoughts collected, but that's pretty much it for this week. I thank every one of you for listening, all five of you guys, for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, you could DM me at Verbal Wrestling. I do have a personal one. I just don't check it that often. But if you want to contact Verbal Wrestling, Twitter is at Verbal Wrestling. Follow us there because I do clip, I do up, uh, upload videos to my Twitter account. Facebook, I am developing it because I think I might start putting some of those videos and longer clipped videos on Facebook. So like me on Facebook. Check out our Verbal Wrestling website because there I'm going to start compiling all this information and data that we do at Verbal Wrestling. And then we also have like a email. If you want to hit us at email, it's going to be email is verbalwrestling at yahoo.com. That might change in the future. I'm still kind of trying to pace myself on how I want to continue to further this brand, but support verbal wrestling. I know I appreciate it. When I get more followers on my Twitter account, I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. I'm at 87 mind blown a pod, a podcast slash Twitter thing happening only for like six months. And yet to 187 people have already light have already followed. Wow. I'm excited about that. And then, you know, when I get people follow me on YouTube, I don't have as much content as I want to, but as I get people that subscribe to my YouTube, I'm ecstatic. And Facebook on my verbal wrestling page, when I get likes there, <laughs> my mind is blown. I'm like, wow, people are actually following this brand. So me as the leader of this brand, I'm hoping to develop it and provide good content for all us wrestling fans, not only in Southern California, but all of us throughout the world. Now I'm done ranting. Now I'm done talking. Thank you so much, dear. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Dear guys. Thanks so much, guys. I hope you guys all have a good day.